Should I just do it off? <laughs> I was just thinking that. Oh, I can do it off the cuff. I had could do one thing in my head that might work. Or you want to play the intro music just to get us in the mood? Oh, that's a good idea. That's a really good sure. idea. I, yeah. Obviously, we'll cut all of this. Yeah, maybe depends. Maybe <laughs> this is the new intro. Come <laughs> cut, cut that. <laughs> Let's just have a cheeky listen because that intro music is... It's quite extraordinary, isn't it? It's powerful. Yeah. See if it gets in the mood. In your I was playing yeah. that whilst um, cleaning yesterday. It's, it gets, it's good, isn't it? It's in your long. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> sure words that don't exist really. But, no, yeah. <laughs> do in my heart. That's not in your brain. That's not in my brain. No. <laughs> okay, welcome to uh, a new podcast called Gaps in Knowledge, where a geography teacher and a history teacher exchange facts and ideas between each other and have a good laugh about them. I am Reese, and I am the geography teacher, and with me is... Will, and I'm the history teacher, and my voice for radio is nowhere near as good as yours, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how that happens. Just, uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> you just switch into it, it's an immediate thing. I don't know, but it's... But your voice is quite soft. Right. But that's... But no, but this, <laughs> But it's like two minutes in. Just you have to warm it up, don't you? You have to warm the voice up, warm the yeah. That's yeah. true. You have to. Can that's you warm true. the softness up? My mother made meat pies. <laughs> is that the line? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> that's going to be the line to warming up. The, the trouble is, where do you draw the line between warming up and ASMR? Because I don't want. Perverts. <laughs> Full stop. No, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't want to attract perverts. I've got like one and a half facts. <laughs> okay. Oh, do we need to explain the concept here? Oh, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. So, so what is the concept? I don't really know. You did already say we're two idiots talking to each other for a bit. Yeah. Okay, so the basic idea. I know nothing about history. Mm-hmm. You- I, I know barely anything about geography. Yeah. I, I did win the geography prize at my prep school when I was 13. I think it was a £10 national book okay. token. Do you know what book you bought with that? Almost certainly completely unrelated to geography. I see. Yeah. So it obviously inspired you to take geography as Absolutely. a Absolutely. I was as surprised as everybody. Yeah. Um, so I I cannot say I know anything about geography other than never eat shredded wheat. See. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I don't use that one either. Oh, it's... Never eat shredded wheat. There's, there's naughty elephant squirt water. Okay is an alternate one that does the same job. A bit more interesting. <laughs> it does. Yeah. We yeah. had never entertained... It was either sexy or shirtless women. <laughs> Something depends what... Neither of which are fantastic life advice, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was what age group you were trying to teach that to as well. Yeah, that's true. We're 11. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the break. That's the point, wasn't it? Where it? That's the transitional point. Is it? I think if a shirtless woman's coming up to an 11-year-old, then... <laughs> I hope it's log off. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, so I've I dropped history when in year nine mm-hmm. because I didn't like my teacher. That's how it goes generally. But I also found it really 
boring as a child. Mm-hmm. I wanted stuff about things that were happening now or in the future. That's not history. That's because that's, that's, that's the news or the future. Yeah, that's the opposite of history, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, not how history works, unfortunately. No, that's kind of that's like. But you have um, history of Star Wars. That's that's sci-fi though. That's not history. No, that's not history, is it? That's, that's a subdivision saying, of sci-fi. I like. I would enjoy McDonald's if they sold movies. You're in the wrong place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's movies. Oh, are you, are you saying if you were in McDonald's and they sold movies? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Or if you're in Blockbuster, we well, yeah, you're not you're just in the wrong place. If you're yeah. in Blockbuster, <laughs> you're in the wrong time as yeah. well. You come unstuck. And that's history. And that's history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we found a melting pot. What a segue. <laughs> so the idea of this podcast uh, that we're trying to work out on the fly at the moment yeah, is, that, with this. <laughs> is that we have some wackier or interesting uh ideas or facts that we've we've researched and we're going to fill each other's gaps in knowledge because of our lack of understanding of (laughs) yeah the filling gaps of knowledge Mm -hmm. i think is what we're trying to achieve in this in this segue that's the idea educate entertain and whatever the third one is for the bbc well i can tell you one interesting fact that i was saying uh so it's more of a, I'm going to introduce this more of a question. Okay. What, what country in Europe would you say produces the most bananas? Oh, I actually know the answer to this. Do you one. know the answer? Would to you this like one? to play dumb? Um, yes. Uh, bananas come from hot countries, so I'm going to guess somewhere hot, like Greece. That's interesting. Because it's not Greece. It's not Greece. <laughs> no, that's right. I know the answer. You do know the answer. Do you want to enlighten us what the answer is? It's Iceland. Isn't it, it is Iceland. Do you know why it's Iceland? Because because of all the lava. Because, yeah. Lava banana. The lava banana. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new name of my uh, tribute band. I, 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 now I need to think of who it's going to be. I'll tell you later. Chaz and Dave. Lava banana. La- lava. Come on. Wow, that was very good. My parents will like that joke. <laughs> But yeah, so they have um, they have they grow these bananas and they grow in the in the south of Iceland in Reykjans is is in the, is in the south coast and uh, they've been doing it since 1941, which what? is yeah right 1941 they've been growing bananas in Iceland. Were they not busy? Well, I, they're not. They weren't part of the war. Did they do anything in the war? I don't yeah, know. They were, it was controlled by Denmark, and they were ooh, a little bit <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nazi. So the British invaded Iceland in the Second World War. Was that the invasion where they were like, everyone was really polite? Yeah, I uh, re- so. recollect something like that. It's like five uh, people just turned up in a in a little boat. I see, and the Icelanders were like, "Oh hi." Uh, were they like those? <laughs> I imagine the Icelanders on that moment were like mm. the the birds that on these islands in New Zealand that have no fear mm. because they've been isolated. They're yeah. like, <laughs> like endemic to this. yeah. Wasn't the dodo like that? Yeah. yeah. What, what's that? That's a human being. And I'm not, just to be clear, we're not saying that Icelanders have the same IQ as dodos. No. We don't want no. millions of letters from Iceland. But can I tell you why that's not the case? It's because they can grow bananas in Iceland. Bananas. And you need a higher IQ than a dodo to come to that conclusion, that's to be able to do that. probably true. Yeah. I've never seen a dodo with a banana. No. Where would it keep it? Steady. <laughs> Filling in your gaps. <laughs> yeah. That's your answer. They probably don't eat bananas, dodos. Well, they're dead now. That is true. They're quite famous. They ate too many bananas. 
And you know what happens when you eat too many bananas? Dead as a dodo. Yeah. Were you going to say something intelligent then? Like you get potassium over there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, but I prefer your answer. (laughs) How many bananas do you think you'd have to eat to get a potassium overdose? Isn't it 12? It's only 12 bananas. 12 bananas. I mean, like, not in your lifetime. But <laughs> <laughs> the Grim Reaper ticking off. Of it. Yeah. It's a banana checkup. You know. So 12 bananas actually sounds like a challenge. That you, I could eat 12 bananas right now. Could you? Yeah. I'll, get, I'll get the emergency number ready. <laughs> Just dial 11. Have your finger, over, finger the over the two. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any bananas. It's the only problem with that. And also, I don't really want to die. But... <laughs> But the upshot is we find out if it's true and then it is quite, you know, it's quite a glorious way to go for the bananas. <laughs> is it not? What would you have on your tombstone? Um, Here lies William Flint, banana pillock. <laughs> well, uh, on a banana ride. <laughs> on the great banana boat of infinity. Yes. There you go. Hey, that's, uh, that, yeah, that's on your tomb. Your, we'll put it in your, uh, like, eulogy. <laughs> As we read it out. That's, <laughs> that must be the worst way. Like, just imagine how embarrassing the funeral would be. Oh, I'm sorry to hear of your loss. Are you really? No, it's hilarious <laughs> yeah, it really 12 bananas. That, yeah, that would go in the Darwin winning awards, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Of a way to go. It was like the guy who got on a helium, balloons attached to a helium chair. And then realised he got too high. Do you know what? That is exactly the one I immediately thought of. Oh, really? Exactly the same one. Did he shoot them or did he just float off? I think he was floating off. But there's a point where every second when you're floating above the ground and he didn't do it, every second is always a bad decision whilst you're thinking. We could just get him worse every second. <laughs> I, think, I think that starts way before you turn the balloons to the chair. Oh, yeah, maybe. Like buying the helium <laughs> every second there's a bad decision. Yeah. yeah time and to, doing yeah. it alone. <laughs> Is probably why it happened in the first place. There's a reason why he was doing it alone, though, because if you add one more person to that mix, they would just immediately go, Greg, are you sure? Yeah, someone would stop that. I can buy you a plane ticket if you want. <laughs> you don't need to. You, it's you easier. Could, you could even take the balloon on the plane if you want, but it's, it's not a problem. That's a, yeah. That's an afternoon gone weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just sat there and said, what should I do now? I've got tanks of helium. I do have an armchair. That's, uh, that's, it has to be a significant amount of helium or a very light person. Or Yeah. There's, so why the South Coast? That was going to be my question. So why, why the South Coast? I don't, I don't really know. I think it's a, the, the tectonic. So Iceland's over a hot spot. And mm-hmm. I don't know. So recently in the start of this year, 2022. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there was that eruption in Iceland, wasn't there? Um, in the southwest of Iceland, there was an eruption that was a um, what they call an Icelandic eruption, which means it just the earth sort of breaks up and the lava is very hot. But <laughs> there are different heats of lava. Let me just make that clear: okay. <laughs> different heats of lava, mm-hmm. and they're very. Uh, this one is more basaltic, so it's more. It's a lot hotter, a lot runnier, right. so it doesn't solidify. So it just okay. oozes out over. The area extent is the key word there. Okay. <laughs> it's very large, right? Yeah. Then, um, so that, so it, it, the hot spot is quite prevalent in the south and south uh, west of the country, right. and um, so that seemed to be the logical place to okay. have the Atlas geothermal. I think that the larger geothermal part in Iceland is is in the south west as well. Right. So it's easy to connect up to the grid where the capital is. Pretty much, yeah. So I think it's about thirty minutes west of uh, um, east <laughs> east of Reykjavik. Yeah. Never entertained shows. Yeah, there you go. we got there. We got there in the end. Okay. What's your Reykjavik stands for? Just as a side note. No. 
It translates to Smoky Bay. Smoky Bay. Yeah. And Rekia is Icelandic for smoke, but if it's in German, Rauchen is the smoke. So they're they're quite... the same thing. Quite linked quite closely. Right, and Vic, like Wick, like... There's yeah. places all over the west coast of Scotland called Wick. Yeah, Wick. Which means bay. Which means bay. Well, there you go. Yeah, Smoky that's... Bay. Smoky Bay. But um, but the interesting thing I just uh, read about this was um, this article I'm re- I was reading claimed that, that, that people like to say Iceland, they only produce, what, 2,000 kilograms a year okay. of bananas. That would kill you. That would... <laughs> yeah, that would... Yeah. That would... That would yeah. <laughs> they dropped on you at first. <laughs> Trip over them. Yeah. Slipped on them. There's a, there's a lot to slip on. Just keep slipping. <laughs> Perpetual banana slipping. Like a like a clown-based maglev train, just slipping all your way across. Yeah. And yeah. maybe even just like, gradually accelerate as you do it as well. <laughs> and then you hit one big banana at the end. <laughs> and that's the killer and blow. that will kill you. Yeah. Now that is a good way to go. That, yeah. Yeah. And I would hope someone saw that happen. That would be a bad way to go if you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. Because that split second, you'd think, this would be really funny. <laughs> just thinking, mm. we, I've just made, the, obviously, that guy in the helium balloon. Yeah. He, if he was by himself, yeah. that means the person who eventually found him mm. come to the conclusion that's how he died. What other uh, conclusion <laughs> could that possibly be? So maybe he was just having a birthday party and he had his balloons on his chair having a good time. And I don't know, but it's What's 50 helium balloons. <laughs> I don't know, it just, it just seems quite an odd. You, you rock up, some guy's got a broken plastic chair with helium balloon, it's been deflated all over him. He has got broken legs, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's split apart. It's, you're, e- you're either dealing with one of the stupidest people to have existed or the most twisted serial killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the helium boy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's very yeah. high pitched boy. Very high pitched. <laughs> That's why they call him the boy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a what a day that must have been. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. No. For the person doing the balloon, Greg, we called him, wasn't it? Sure. <laughs> Sean. Sean. Kevin, now. probably. Yeah. <laughs> and the person also. who found him. Mm-hmm. And the little helium balloon. balloon. Serial killer boy. At what point do you think the person who found him started laughing? Did uh, he start laughing immediately uh, or do you think, oh my God, he's dead? I even think even before. <laughs> <laughs> On the approach too. On the approach. Yeah. <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that would be a bad human being. But because he's laughing at the requisite that someone's dead. And then when he finds out, mm-hmm. he would be, he might laugh himself to death. He might. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Be funny if he inhaled helium balloon, then started laughing. <laughs> Can you die of a helium overdose? <laughs> sure. I don't know. One, but... So you want me? Oh yeah, you can suffocate. Of course you can. You can yeah, because because if you yeah yeah you don't want to take in lots of helium like you wouldn't take any other substance. Oh my god! Can you breathe out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But what the article said, going back to Finally. this, get this what, the, what the article did say was that like Iceland produces 2,000 kilograms of bananas. Yeah. Um, but it's a fact that people like to say because it's, it's fun and convenient. Mm. However, actually, the answer really is Spain. Okay. Because of the Canary Islands. But the Canary Islands are really African. Yeah. That's and that's why people on. like to not count that, even come though it's part on. of Europe. That's like saying that Britain used to produce the most tea because they owned India. Yeah. That's, come on. That's, that doesn't count, does That's it? That's cheating. So, so we can't say Spain. 
So we say Iceland because it's convenient and probably because Canary Islands isn't part of Europe. Well, there you go. Iceland. So Ice- my dumb brain immediately thought that because it was the south coast, it's because it gets more sun than the north coast. But it's Iceland. It's, it's Iceland. It, yeah. And you need to remember that the sun isn't the, the key factor here. No. It's the sun within the earth. Yeah. <laughs> that is the key energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Craig, can you just give me a little heads up before you blow my mind like that? The sun yeah. within the earth. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Maybe that's what goes on your tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> the banana flavoured sun within the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's new flavour, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Nuclear split. There you go. Cool. Well, there you go. Iceland full of bananas. Yeah. Not really. Two two tons of bananas doesn't sound like that many bananas, if I'm honest. No. Like if and if that's the most in Europe, we're not really pulling our weight. No, we're not. We could do better than that. We should be doing better. Remember the carry islands are doing quite well, actually. Yeah. They're not in Europe. Yeah. No. Yeah. But- Canary Islands. Are this is almost certainly going to be cut because I'm going to get my facts wrong here. Do you know what the Canary Islands named after? Mm, canaries. Yes, got him. Absolutely got him. Is it not Canaries? It's not Canaries. It's in the name though. Canaries are named after the islands. Wait there. Is it named after some islands? It's. Well, <laughs> Can I say, does that work? How recursive do you want to get? <laughs> No. The focus here is the canary bit, I mean, isn't technically, it? Technically. <laughs> they are islands. Yeah, all right, fine. I'm the melt. <laughs> no, they're named after dogs because the what? Latin for dog is canis. And when <gasps> when the, I presume, Latin-speaking people, a.k.a. Romans, got there, a whole load of dogs hanging out on the island. So oh, thought, I see. Oh, these are the dog islands, the canary islands. I see. And that's the where dog. it comes from. Yeah. Ah. And then they found some little birds there. And Terrible then- birds. We don't. We I don't, don't know do much about canaries. It's a waste of time. Just get a parrot and grow up. Yeah, and then they found little birds, and I think they named the colour after the bird as well. So, canary yellow, named after dogs. I see. Isn't it also Norwich City? It is Norwich City. Although, why? I'm not sure. No, yellow, green. Mm-hmm. The colours of being in bread. <laughs> is <laughs> just can tarnish <laughs> tarnish a whole city yeah. <laughs> isn't that a thing isn't that a cliche that it like, is, yeah. everyone in East Anglia is in bread I think so it's it's people say for Kent though yeah, that's why Delia Smith's so good at cooking she's got, got extra fingers to put in the pies because <laughs> that's how you cook yeah, yeah. that's why I was is that how you make a pie Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I've never made a pie. No. <laughs> pie over. Oh, I've watched someone make a pie. <laughs> Why? Because. Are you nothing else to do? <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to learn, but I didn't learn anything. Cause, right. Because it's boring. It's quite boring to make a pie. Yeah. So, Will, you have a history fact for me. We've talked a lot about bananas, so... Uh, Seamless cut there. So smooth. Yeah. Which I just ruined. <laughs> and so, first go. It's okay. Welcome back. Um, yeah. So, when in your life have you felt like you've most been in the wrong place at the wrong time? About four years ago, five years ago. Did a trip to Belize. Mm-hmm. Hit by a Category 2 hurricane. Mm-hmm. Hurricane Earl, it was called. And then a week later, or five days later... Uh, we were in Antigua in Guatemala and then the volcano erupted. So there's two places at the, twice at the wrong time in a row. In a, in a week. It was in a week, yeah. 
So that's probably, that's, yeah. I mean, the photographer was great, but I think I was the only person there who was enjoying the experience. And at what point did you think, this is at least partly on me? Um, I, yeah. I've done it, something wrong I, here. I think so. There's a probably, a, a, there was probably, yeah. I, what did I did? I, I probably said something to a Mexican at the beach. I don't know. <laughs> what else is going Absolutely through? cursed. Yeah. I did go uh-huh. past Tikal, which is the, uh-huh. the, the Guatemalan ruins, the oh, Mayan right. temples. And did you honor the hummingbird god? No, but I did walk over the temples to get a good view of the Pacific Ocean. So that might have been it. That'll do it. Yeah, there That'll you go. Worst for me was uh, when I was in my first year at uni um, uh, in Edinburgh, my halls were backing onto Holyrood Park. So I go for a walk around Arthur's Seat and then come out by Scottish Parliament, which is at the bottom of the Royal Mile. And every now and then uh, there'd be protests outside Scottish Parliament. So it's kind of interesting to see and there'd be like camera crews there and news and stuff. And one time I was just walking, uh, saw a protest, a couple of skinheads looked a little bit dodgy, thought, I'm just going to keep on walking. But as soon as I start walking, (laughs) they start following me. Of course. (laughs) And the whole protest, not in a threatening way, but just because this was the plan and it was like two o'clock and at two o'clock we march up the Royal Mile to the castle. And so... I don't know if I was on camera, but I certainly felt like I was because there may well be footage of me taking part in a far-right neo-Nazi rally <laughs> in Scotland. Slightly <laughs> accidentally out of place. <laughs> Just like oh. skinheads and like large tattooed bearded, yeah. like Ein Folk, Ein Reich type people. You would have you would have been the antipode of, of, yeah. of, of expectance to be there. And I, I am not inconspicuous as well. <laughs> no. Because as it, how how would you describe me to those <laughs> listeners of ours who never I mean, seen me? I mean, the first before? thing is probably your height. I'm quite long as a human being. As a human being goes, I remember you introducing yourself at the school we work at, and mm. as your interesting fact was, I am six foot nine. Yep. <laughs> and yep. then everyone going, we can see yep. that. No, you didn't need to tell us. Yep. But the beard, glasses, mm-hmm. the brown hair, like a Gandalf in training. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You just. Yeah, the, the wizardry's in the apprenticeship stage. Mm, like a long, wiry mop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. forgetting into those top corners you can't quite reach. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, to be accidentally part of any rally is quite extraordinary. You, mm. you remind me of something that happened to me once okay. where I was driving through Hemel Hempstead, mm-hmm. going to a friend's house, mm-hmm. and uh, I took, uh, took a left at this roundabout and noticed crowds left and right of the road and mm-hmm. clapping and things like this. And I thought, that's a great welcome in Hempstead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank you. Hi, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, I then also thought, well, the road was pretty empty. And then I looked behind <laughs> me in my mirror and it's the Olympic torch <laughs> coming behind me. Oh, and I was preceding the Olympic torch going to the London 2012. Wow. Which I thought was quite cool. I don't think that's on you. I think that's on the police. There shouldn't be allowed <laughs> people on the roof. There was a cordon that wasn't put up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so who... So I'm assuming well, we're going place. to... Yeah, wrong place, wrong time. I think the, the most historical wrong place, wrong time, one of them's... Archduke Franz Ferdinand started in the First World War, which we'll talk about at another time. But the one I've got today is a guy called Louis Stephen Witt. And maybe like one person who's listening, or the one person who's listening, <laughs> which is me in the future, will think, oh yeah, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But nobody will have heard of him. But who he was, was we're in Dallas in 1963 okay. on November the 22nd at 12.30. And 
as JFK is coming through Dealey Plaza and going just past the Texas School Book Depository and past the highway sign, if you look on the Zapruder film at it's roughly frame 190, you can see just as JFK is coming past the highway sign, he kind of disappears behind the highway sign and then he comes out. His arms go up to his throat. He's just been shot in the throat, probably from the back. Uh, and if you look in the very bottom left-hand corner of this of the shot, there's a man holding an umbrella. This was a perfectly beautiful, nice, warm day. It's Dallas, so it's not cold. Mm-hmm. It's There's not a cloud in the sky. Nobody, if you watch the footage of the whole of the route through Dallas, nobody's carrying an umbrella except at the very moment that JFK got shot. And so, of course, everybody thought this guy's involved somehow. Why the hell is he carrying an umbrella? And that's like the obvious conclusion. There were like kind of theories that he put up the umbrella just as JFK was going past. And as he put it up, it fired out a, a flechette into his throat that killed him. Or he was a signal man saying, put the umbrella up. Is a go sign to people. Turns out he's just a massive nerd because <laughs> what he was doing is he was protesting. And he was protesting in a way that only two people in the world would know what he's protesting. And those two people are JFK and Louis Stephen Witt. What he was protesting was 1963, we're in the middle of the Cold War. JFK doesn't want to get involved in the Cold War if he can avoid it. He um, managed to de-escalate the Cuban Missile Crisis. He's reluctant to send troops into Vietnam. But Stephen Witt doesn't like this. And lots of people didn't like this in the US. They want the US to get more involved. They want more troops in Vietnam, as Lyndon B. Johnson will do when he comes into power. Uh, They want more aggression towards Russia to stop them from expanding, towards the USSR, sorry. So... What Stephen Witt does is he dresses up as Neville Chamberlain. Do you know who Neville Chamberlain is? <laughs> no, I don't. I know the name, but I don't know. So he was British Prime Minister just before the Second World War. Ah, okay. He yes. was, I have my hand a piece of paper. He was a Munich Agreement, right. which gave Hitler Czechoslovakia. Didn't ask the Czechoslovaks before he did that. Just, 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 just like, like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And so his policy was appeasement. And right. appeasement is give him what he wants and he won't take any more. We'll give him Austria with the Anschluss and we can trust him not to take any more. Except this is literally Hitler we're talking about. <laughs> okay, yeah, just, uh, just, so yeah. then he takes Czechoslovakia. Yeah. All right, fine. You can have Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovaks are all saying, no, yeah. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> no, please, I'd rather not. <laughs> all right. No, you really care, man. You're sorry. But mm, given that, and he won't go any further. And then, of course, he invades Poland in September of 1939. But that was the policy appeasement. So... The thing is about Neville Chamberlain, he always dressed in a black suit, he always wore a bowler hat, and he always carried an umbrella. So, (laughs) Stephen Witt dresses in a black suit, wears a bowler hat, carries an umbrella, and he stands all by himself on the route, and he knows as JFK goes past, he will think, that guy's dressed like Neville Chamberlain. How does he know that? Because there's another layer to the story. JFK's dad... Joseph Kennedy was ambassador to the UK during Neville Chamberlain's prime ministership from 1938 to 1940. And JFK published a book in 1940 all about appeasement. So the only person in the world (laughs) who's going to have a clue what this massive nerd is doing (laughs) is JFK. And so at the exact moment that JFK is shot, this very strange character is protesting in this very strange way. But 
The reason why I love this story is because you can just imagine the night before, Louis sat in the bar with his friend saying, you know the president's coming tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go and see? Yeah. Just keep an eye on Dealey Plaza. Yeah. See what happens in Dealey Plaza. Might pop oh, up in the news. No. See what happens. Here's <laughs> something interesting. You want to tell us what you're going to do? Got anything interesting planned? Something <laughs> interesting. Let's just see what happens. Keep an eye on the news. That's... And then, of course, the next night, I didn't fucking mean that. <laughs> that is the worst time to brag about a secret of something you're going to do. Like, exactly. you're just giving a little bit and then... Worst place at the worst time. Oh. Yeah. I, I think his mates were kind of thinking, where were you? How did you do that? We want to know what happened. What are you talking about? You didn't think you were going to kill him. Shit, <laughs> yeah, man. I didn't kill him, though. Well, you said you were going to kill him. That's how that were going to happen. You yeah. told us you were going to kill him. No. <laughs> I told you you was going to... I just said keep an eye on Dealey Plaza. <laughs> I was trying to protect him. Keep an eye on it. <laughs> it's your fault. Put yeah. the blame on that one. So, and you can see it in the Zapruder film and you can see it in all the other footage. At the moment that JFK shot for the first time, he stood there with his umbrella, oh. looking like an absolute Melvin. <laughs> so, well, so much effort has gone into that. Yeah. It's such a nerdy protest. I love it. Yeah, that's There's good. Like that's 17 layers of knowledge to understand what he's doing. Specific. It is. There's, that is 10 moves ahead mm. of everything, isn't it? That's And then he's just on the bus back going, God, that was such a good idea. <laughs> such a... And, my idea is going to be a, 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 something's happened today and no one's going to see my idea. Yeah, wasted. <laughs> what a waste of effort. Oh. There's people on the bus. Why are you in a bowl of hats? <laughs> Umbrella. Oh, yeah, no, I know you look like. That's <laughs> <laughs> like Neville Chamberlain. Thank you. Thank you. I knew someone would get it. Yeah, were you at the, were you at the plaza? Nope. No. <laughs> what plaza? <laughs> President's been run there? No. <laughs> What president? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, this is just Thursday for me. This is what I do. That's just typical people on the bus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I feel really sorry for that guy. Yeah. What was well, his name again? Louis Stephen Witt, apparently. Louis we, Stephen Witt. Nobody knew Witt. who he was for, for years and years afterwards. Mm. And so JFK is assassinated in 1963. And um, for until there's a Pruder film comes out, which is in about 1966, 1967. Nobody really knows what happens. Everybody accepts the official verdict, which is one shooter and Lee Harvey Oswald from the Texas School Book Depository. But then in the 70s, and I think it's either 76 or 77, uh, the Senate investigates and they find him. And he turns up in the um, in the Congress of the United States and pulls out his umbrella and goes, it's just an umbrella. I'm not a murderer. I'm just weird. I'm just a bit mental. <laughs> Sorry. A bit creative mentalist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why don't you just make a sign? <laughs> in, it's hindsight, just, in hindsight. In hindsight, <laughs> yes. Hindsight is a beautiful thing. Good. Yeah. Well, well, we've done that. What yeah. do you have, on the sign, what do you have drawn an umbrella? <laughs> <laughs> Brackets. <laughs> not a murderer. Not a murderer. <laughs> Just weird. <laughs> oh, if you actually had that sign, the, that would be that would be suspicious. That would be suspicious. I am not a murderer. <laughs> and the, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that the, would be suspicious. The guy who did the shooting of that, I am. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because real life is that cheesy. Yeah, I wish it was sometime. Well, this is quite that's this is quite cheesy. Well, that's and that's that's why I love it as a story. It's just the, the closer you look at it, the weirder it gets. Yeah, like it's it's weird already. Why has he got an umbrella? Because he's protesting. Well, why is he protesting in an umbrella? 
Don't ask. <laughs> you know what? Just don't ask. No. <laughs> but the fact only one person would know what that's about. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, it was the most important person he wanted to know. Like, if it was someone else. <laughs> <laughs> that's... <laughs> JFK drone. Who's this, Who's this mentalism <laughs> and umbrella? <laughs> Just like one of the secret service agents. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a good protest, man. Oh. Was yeah. it, so it was a pink umbrella? No, no, it's black. It's oh, all it, black. It was Everything all black. black. In my head, yeah. it was pink for some reason. I don't know why. That would be ostentatious. Yeah. <laughs> Neville Chamberlain no, all in black, but with a pink umbrella. With a pink umbrella. Yeah. That would be, yeah. Yeah. As I said, from the Rocky Horror Show. Yeah. Level <laughs> change is not that interesting. No. no. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. Wrong at, at many levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've never heard that story. Yeah, there you go. It's uh, That's one of the reasons why I love the... Let me rephrase that. <laughs> just cut that. But <laughs> yeah. That's one of the reasons why I find the JFK assassination so interesting. Because every time you look at a detail, it just opens up an entire world of extra detail. Of, what? Is it solved? No. 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 The, the official version doesn't quite make sense, but nor do any of the conspiracy theories. We just don't quite have enough evidence to... to it's a perfect murder, then. Yeah, if... The perfect you know, assassination. Un, unless it was Lee Harvey Oswald, who was murdered three days later. Okay. So, yeah, didn't... Didn't really go brilliantly for him. No. But if it wasn't him, then whoever it was completely got away with it. Did a very good job of that. Yeah. But wow. then if it wasn't him, you need about 15 people involved. Yeah, you can't do that alone. No. Well, can we not, can we not entertain the idea? Do you know when Americans shoot their guns in the air? Mm-hmm. Can we not entertain that idea? Could that work? Just um, as a, like a collateral <laughs> of a, a byproduct of someone who's celebrating. <laughs> and so at this point, we'll produce the autopsy photos that he carries with him <laughs> for this occasion. <laughs> <laughs> as you can see here <laughs> was this uh, no, just quite. was this not the start of maybe them not having a convertible car for the president yeah it was absolutely yeah <laughs> no after this they put a roof on that car <laughs> that car was still in use until about 1972 they kept on using the car that JFK fucking died in <laughs> so that, the actual same car as well actual same car they cleaned it yeah <laughs> thank god for that <laughs> a little bit sticky yeah <laughs> this is a bit of brain all over yeah. the place no they kept on using it until about 1972 and that, we might talk about this in another... Of course, we'll talk about the JFK assassination over yeah. and over again, which is fascinating. The car was called a Ford Lincoln. And oh, you know, so many, Yeah, you know about the, yeah. the way in which it overlaps, mm. Lincoln, Kennedy. And uh, do you know what? Save that one. I'll save that one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I, do, do, do you want to do it where you ask? ask? Sure. Uh, go to me. I have one more. I did the, you could do the segue. I don't know. <laughs> What do you mean to do the same way? <laughs> Speaking of having your mind blown. <laughs> Excellent stuff. with the chakra. <laughs> well, I have a question. Okay. I have a question. What is, what is, so it's more of, not a question or an idea. What if I was to say to you? <laughs> I might need a minute because that's the most inappropriate thing I've ever said. Whoever's you hear this one back, do you want to try that one again? I think I'm going to go for the same thing, though. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of how your mind blown, <laughs> understand that Reese has a question. Do have a question. Well, it's more of a more of a what would you think if? Okay. So what would you, what would you say? What would you think if I said there was there was an ocean in this mm. world that had no coastline? An ocean without a coastline. Yeah. 
speaking of having your mind blown, blimey. Yeah. Are you is, are you getting deep on me here? Are we like a 14-year-old girl? It's like the ocean, it's the emotion. No, it's come <laughs> on. Oh, very good. No, this is a genuinely an ocean that has no land coastline. Okay. It's a real thing. It's the only coastline, it's the only ocean in the world without a land coastline. And it's in uh, it's in the Atlantic Ocean. And it's called the uh Sargasso Sea. Ah. And you might have heard of the word sargasso I have. before. From the novel. Well, interesting. That does lead on to the novel. Okay. <laughs> I've got a bit of the novel here a little bit later as a bit of a side quest. Right. Okay. Because I've got the blurb of the novel, which is mental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've never read it, but I've, I've read Jane Eyre, so. Yeah, so it's Jane Eyre. I'll go to Jane Eyre in a bit, but mm. um, but I've, it's just a little bit. So this, the sargasso is a type of seaweed. Okay. And what it does um, in the Atlantic, it kind of floats around. Okay. Uh, but it. But it is something, it's, it, the type of seaweed is holopelagic, holopelagic, which means that it can reproduce floating on the, on the surface. Nice. And this, this kind of like barrier that goes around uh, uh-huh. where it connects like in a big circle, <laughs> and I'm doing the hand actions. <laughs> They're very is, good, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> is, um, is the coastline. It's the, uh, the, huh. the actual seaweed is the coastline of the ocean. They're like a cordon. Yeah, it's like a little like VIP e- section. E- yeah, it's like an eel turtle cordon. <laughs> Stop eel all- turtle cordon. That sounds like a South African golfer. <laughs> eel yeah. turtle cordon. Yeah, he's torn apart the players' yeah. championship at the moment. He's decent. <laughs> very wet. They're very yeah. He's always in the water. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's yeah. a better joke there. Always in the water. Always in the. <laughs> he's always wet. <laughs> Stands in the rain. Plays golf in the rain. Plays That's not advisable, by the way. Could, why not? Because you get wet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. Have you done it at a golf ball in the wet? Foiled again. <laughs> By logic. By logic. <laughs> My nemesis. <laughs> yeah. We're standing outside in the rain. Yeah. If you don't get wet, you've done well. He's got an umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're all, um, and then you get accused of... You get accused of killing the president. Yeah. Right? The you have to go down that line. Exactly. So that's why you always get wet in, in the rain, because it's dangerous to carry an umbrella. Could you play golf one-handed? Left there is a one-handed one. golfer that exists. Just one. <laughs> no, there's not. There's a friend. I think there's a professional golfer who is one-handed. He's one-handed. Yeah, and he uses so, but it seems he's he's left-handed because he's only got one hand. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but the point is, he has the right-handed swing in action. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of his name, but I have seen it before. Uh-huh. Yeah, and wow. he play, and he's um, maybe he's like a, do you know, I don't know. There's a is there a division between amateur and professional, but like in that middle bit. Do you know, I was really hoping he was bad at golf. But he's quite, but he's because when he's better than you'd expect. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Like he's got his scratch handicap, but um, yeah. So that uh, so he doesn't need to have any extra shots to go around a golf course. So he's I the, see. so if the if the par of the course is set say seventy two, uh-huh. he's expected to do it in seventy two shots. Seventy two shots. Yeah, unlike right. me, who has to do it maybe like ninety five. Okay. <laughs> but okay. um, but no, he's he's he's, he's, wow. he's left handed, hmm. but has right handed swings because that's the motion that he has to do. Okay. As I do a golf swing action, if you Damn. didn't know what that looked like. <laughs> and again, dear listener, it was very good. <laughs> So, okay, but that kind of makes sense to me because, like, if you're thinking, if you're doing a backhand with a tennis racket, that's yeah. your left arm, isn't it? Not your right arm. Yeah, right. exactly. Wait. So, if no, you're using forehand, I don't play tennis. Why am I using tennis analogy? <laughs> squash? No. <laughs> no. Any racket sport that we. Ah, uh, squash is just sad tennis. It is, but okay. It was yeah. sad. Well, because you're inside and it smells like squash balls. 
steady. <laughs> inside, and smells like... So, but, yeah, the, yeah. but a nice segue here, the inside of a tennis ball. Have you smelled that? No, I haven't. That smells beautiful. Yeah. You've not smelled the inside of a tennis ball? When in my 30 years on this earth would I smell the inside of a tennis ball? When you were at school, did you play football on the playground? Either tennis ball? We used to. Yeah, yeah. I didn't rip it open like a <laughs> barbarian and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did. It was like glue. <laughs> okay. I see. Like the school I went right. to. Okay. There we go. There no, we so go. this um so this sea, it's um so yeah, the, the Sargasso Sea. The Sargasso Sea, so it has no coastline. Yeah. And uh it's it forms at the point at the top of the where the Bermuda Triangle is. Right. So it's so just south of Bermuda, the Ooh. British overseas colony, and where all the um, banks go and all the companies go to put all their cash and tax haven stuff. And because of that, it used to be a problem and people used to fear boats going through it because all the yeah. seagull would mount up onto their onto the underbelly of the boat. And it could be the cause of some of these missing ships that are claimed to be ghostly gone or whatever it is and taken mm. by the devil or whatever in this uh, Bermuda Triangle. No, it's but the eel turtle cordon. The, the eel turtle cordon, yeah. Wow. Did you know that eel, by the way? <laughs> it's, I didn't get, get the name of it, but it's from Europe. <laughs> what is? This eel. That, it's the only, it's, it's eel is endemic to this place. Uh-huh. But it is, it's, it, in, in its history, came from Europe. Oh, there um, is actually an eel that... Yeah, it's oh, yeah, endemic. It has, no, really. Oh. It's an eel that actually lives there. And it ended it, up there from Europe. Yeah, it's, it would have em- emigrated. <laughs> I don't know what it was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Migrated, yeah, <laughs> and where would it keep his papers? Really? Yeah, right. the administration was terrible. It didn't have got its visa to go to the Saragossa Sea. <laughs> the floaty, yeah, uh-huh. but wow. it's yeah, but it's um, yeah, and turtles nest their eggs also in the in the seaweed as well, okay, because it floats on the surface. It floats. So, wow, it's it's quite interesting. That is, yeah, that so. So, uh, but what I'm picturing now is the Bermuda Triangle then has kind of a circle intersecting the top axis, of kind the of top corner. It Which is very symbolic. We're talking like Illuminati. Yeah, yeah maybe, but, and maybe that. Maybe the, if we imagine the the, the Illuminati triangle, mm. and then the seaweed mm-hmm. is the is the circle that sits within it. Yeah, and the eye. It's terrifying. Could be, that is ter- maybe maybe it is. Maybe ships do go there. It goes all the way down. Yeah. Wow. But the but it's a bit with the coastline itself. It's the mm. only ocean coastline which is what they call dynamic. Uh-huh. It, moves it moves due to all the ocean currents. Uh-huh. It has five borders. There are two ocean currents in the north and then east, south and west. So it's like a, a massive target. Yes. Does Which boats have to circumnavigate <laughs> around to stop being eaten by the Illuminati. What a nightmare. And yeah. so how does it form into a circle then? I, I don't think really... Maybe it's not a circle. Maybe it's But just, it's connected. But it's connected together, yeah. Well, so I think because of all the ocean currents around the outside, a bit like a tornado, I suppose, or a hurricane right, so has, it's its, has its boundary. Circular kind yeah. of wow yeah. I had no idea about that it's quite cool eh? it is it's also terrifying yeah something. absolutely terrifying yeah and even um, Columbus wrote about it in uh, in his journeys over to what he thought was India uh-huh. um, and he was saying um, in his diaries Columbus wrote at length about how he feared the Sargasso Sea because of its blankets of seaweed which he believed were hiding dangerous coral reefs which were capable of sinking unsuspecting ships. Mm. Yeah, well, I think, you know, in that time, that would be terrifying. It would. And he's not an easy man to frighten. No, no, he's not. He's, one of the, he's horrible. Didn't he misname the whole of the Americans by thinking it was India? Yeah, yeah, he thought it was, yeah, because he's an idiot. Yeah, we'd definitely come far enough. Uh, Chris? No. Was he, was, he, was he asked to go by the Spanish? Yeah. Well, he kind of asked the Spanish if they'd give him money. And they were like, yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> and I'm, 
Christopher Columbus, he's one of the characters that kind of nowadays people think, um, people kind of say, oh, we've got to judge him on his own time. He, he was a horrific person, short, really murdered natives, but everyone was doing it. You can't, play. let's judge him on his own time and his own terms. <laughs> the Spanish who were responsible for the Spanish Inquisition, these are not nice people. They thought he was a bit bloodthirsty, <laughs> so much so that when he came back, he was arrested and put on trial for being a complete bastard. Right. Like, He's not a good person. He's not a good person. No. What did no. his crew think of him? Or was he a lone I, wolf? <laughs> he would have killed anybody who... Disagreed with him. him. Yeah. Proper tyrant. Mm, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll talk about him in the future. Yeah, I look forward to that one. And we can link back to the Sargasso Sea. Exactly. Okay. He's horrific. But there you go, the Sargasso Sea. Yeah, which I think is quite, it's quite cool. And it does lead yeah. on to that book. It does. The, wa the Wide Sargasso Sea is by the name of the book. Gene Reese, is that right? Yeah, by Gene Reese. And I just want to read the blurb. Okay. Because it's quite extraordinary. Mm. Because it's it's it starts relatively light mm. and then goes absolutely mental. Nice. <laughs> so um the wide Sargasso Sea novel by Jean Reese. Interestingly spot the same way as my name. Mm -hmm. Published in 1966. Any relation? Uh not that I can remember. This is the surname, maybe, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we get onto some things later. Yes. <laughs> Um, so the book details the life of Antoinette Mason, mm -hmm. a West Indian who married an unnamed man in Jamaica and returns with him to his home in England. Okay. Locked in a loveless marriage, here we mm -hmm. go, and settled in his inhospitable climate, Antoinette goes mad yep. and is frequently violent. Yep. Her husband confines her to the attic of the house of his house at Thornfield. Only he and Grace Paul, the attendant <laughs> He has hired to care for her, knows of Antoinette's existence. Mm -hmm. The reader gradually learns that Antoinette's unnamed husband is Mr. Rochester, mm -hmm. later to become the beloved of the beloved of Jane Eyre. Mm -hmm. Much of the action of the novel takes place in the West Indies. The first and third sections are narrated by Antoinette, the middle section by her husband. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a mental story. Sounds like fun. Yeah. yeah. Have you read Jane Eyre? No, I haven't. I'd read it my first year of uni and there's a, there's a part in it where Jane, she's in this great mansion with Mr. Rochester and um, she hears like scratching in the walls and could potentially be some kind of weird spectral ghostly voices of some kind of screaming and crying and scratching and that kind of thing. And the evening that I read it was on New Year's Eve of 2011 and I didn't go out because I was feeling quite ill and I had, it must have been some kind of virus because I was also a little bit delirious and we were in this massive house um, that uh, my dad got through the army for just for a year. And they were having a big um, New Year's Eve party downstairs. And so I was often kind of one wing of this house, quite ill, in bed, delirious, <laughs> reading this book about noises and sounds and scratching and phantom ghost women. You scared yourself. Whilst I can hear exactly the same thing. Yeah. So That's good luck. Oh, well, I look forward to reading that, but maybe I would change the environment I read it in. Yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't necessarily recommend that, <laughs> but just, it did bring it into life. Uh, well, yeah, if you want that experience. Yeah, know. if you want to be not literally scared shitless, because <laughs> it was a slightly different virus, but yeah. not far <laughs> off. Not far away. Not far off. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I will, I will dig into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I thought it was quite a nice little link because um, I, I, I wrote it down because I thought you may at least be aware of it and uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you totally were. Yep. <laughs> you book nerd. Yep, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, I'm ready yet. Though. You've got one more, haven't you? I do. I've got uh, one more. Yeah. 
Um, this one I called Do Your Job. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, how I segue into this, I guess, like, what do you think the most important thing a king can do? It's what's the number one job for a king? It is probably to run his, like, was it? I'm about to say dysentery. It's not that word. Dysentery. No, dynasty was dynasty. the word. Dynasty was the word. Yeah, and what would, what does that involve? At um, the risk of getting PG thirteen. <laughs> does it? Does he just kill people that disagree with him? I don't know. No, nah, he's got to do something more important than that. He has to um, not take. He has to look after his people, feed mm. them, give them an economy. Is he involved in that? Yeah, but not necessarily. He can let them starve. Whatever. It's not the biggest deal for a king. Okay, just stay alive. And what happens when he dies? Then his children... Oh, he didn't give birth to anyone. Have children. Oh, have children. He didn't have any children. Let me tell you about Louis the Sixteenth. Oh, oh, excellent. I Louis got there. That was like a proper little lesson. <laughs> there you go. Louis the Sixteenth, um, king of France, of 1774 till 1793. Uh, well, 1792, dies in 1793. Um... He was married quite young. He was married at the age of 16 to Marie Antoinette of Austria, who was 14. When they were married, they, they hadn't met yet. They married by proxy, which is weird. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, so he just married someone else and she was <laughs> pretending to be Marie Antoinette. And she did exactly the same thing in Vienna, which is mental. And um, when Marie Antoinette travels over to France, already married, having never met this guy, when she reaches the border between Austria and France, she has to leave everything Austrian behind including her nursemaids, including her dog called Mops, including her clothes. So at the age of 15, this poor naked girl has to walk through the woods on the border between Austria and France. Without her Mops. Without her Mops, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she did get the dog back. Oh, that's good. Um, please, yeah. not her clothes, though. No, <laughs> other French clothes. Um, but they meet and... Louis XVI had his his father um, wasn't Louis XV. His grandfather was Louis XV. His father, guess what his father was called? Louis. Yep. <laughs> he uh, died. He died before um, Louis XV, so he was never king. But <clears throat> he died quite young for Louis XVI, which means that Louis XVI never really got taught about the birds and the bees. Ah, and so he's a bit confused, was he? Yes, he was. <laughs> And um, when when they got married, both partners had uh, inspections carried out to make sure that biologically everything was fine. And I'm not certain, but I like to think that this comes from the Habsburg kings because one of the Habsburg kings of uh, Spain was so inbred that he couldn't keep his tongue in his mouth and talk like that. And so that's apparently why in Spanish you don't pronounce V's and S's properly. You pronounce them with a massive lip. Because some guy was inbred intensely. Yeah. Yeah. And he was so inbred that when he didn't have any children um, and when they did an autopsy on him, this is Charles King of Spain, uh, they sliced open his scrotum, as you do. (laughs) This is the first place to go to, isn't it? He's not even cold yet. Give him a minute. (laughs) Um, And apparently his testicles were... Shriveled, black, and the size of peas. So there you and go. good in the curry. <laughs> I'm vegetarian, so oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, they inspected both Marantona and Louis, and nothing wrong, all good, everything functioning. So they meet. They're supposed to consummate. She's quite young, 14, 15, the first quite year young. they meet. 
and he's quite shy and quite awkward. So Louis XV says, it's not a problem. Take your time, get to know each other. Give it a year or two, then start producing some kids. Two years later, 1772, um, Louis reports, it's not going brilliantly. It hurts. And it, yeah, it hurts. And that's the information we've got. Apparently it just hurts. What's he doing? What does that mean? <laughs> well, he, what's he doing? Well, well, we have a clue of what he's doing in 1773 because Marie-Thérèse, Marie Antoinette's mother, who's um, Empress of Austria, writes to her and says, can you please give us a baby? We need a baby. Otherwise, France is screwed and Austria is screwed. We need a baby. <laughs> and she says, look, we've consummated the marriage, but not in a way that could lead to pregnancy. <laughs> what? what does that mean? <laughs> well, okay. There's a lot of... In kind of done it, but don't be buying any baby shoes anytime soon. I've got some theories. I, I think, I think <laughs> what it means is that the train entered the station, but no one got off. <laughs> I think that's what we're talking about. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a problem. This is not just a personal, emotional, physical problem. This is a diplomatic, political problem. Kings need babies. King don't make baby. Civil war. Uh, oh, that's, you don't want that. No. He doesn't have a baby by 1774. On 10th May 1774, he becomes king. He's 20. Marie Antoinette, I think, is 18. By 1775, they're calling in the surgeons. And the surgeons oh, are God. Um, performing a sausageoscopy, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> and they say that he's got nothing wrong with his dingus. This, this, is, a, this is a fine brat burst. Oh, he's, he's all good. She's all good. What's going on here? Yeah, just Let's get it. Just get just on with it. Put the thing in the thing. Just, yeah, stop faffing. And start faffing. <laughs> yeah. We, live, laugh, love. <laughs> this kitchen's made for dancing. Yeah. Stop faffing, stop faffing. Yeah. So 1777 comes around. We're seven years into their marriage. And Marie-Thérèse, who's still alive, um, Empress of Austria, sends her son, Joseph II, Marie Antoinette's uh, brother, <laughs> to Versailles just to figure out what the hell is going on. This is the emperor of Austria being sent to the king of France to look at his penis <laughs> to figure out why he's not having any babies. Did he go on a bank holiday? <laughs> you say bank holiday there? Or, uh, Can yeah, I just, just interject quickly? Yeah, yeah. You say for these, so for these seven years, um, mm. have they been trying solidly yeah. <laughs> in a room? Seven years. Well, this is the thing. This is one of one of the theories as to why it didn't happen for so long, is because they don't sleep in the same room. They don't even sleep in the same apartment. That's a problem. To a lot start of time, with. they don't even sleep in the same chateau. They on the grounds of Versailles. You've got the main palace of Versailles, and about five kilometers away, you've got the palace called Trianon. That's a long way to go for a shag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everybody knows that you're. That's what you're doing. Yeah. So if he's if Marie Antoinette's not in Versailles, she's over in her own palace which is half an hour's walk away. First of all, nobody's maintaining a chub for that long outside. No. Like, that's too long to walk. And secondly, everybody's... Ooh. Yeah, everyone knows what's going <laughs> on Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go and have sex with my wife right now. Yeah. As if it was unusual, but apparently it was. Yeah. <laughs> and even walking through the palace, like there's... there's um, the way that the Palace of Versailles worked is under Louis XIV, he built it up so that he can have every noble in France living in the Palace of Versailles so he could watch them. And by the time of the French Revolution of 1789, there's something stupid like 300,000 nobles in France. And obviously not all of them are going to be in Versailles, but there's a good 10, 15,000 people in this palace at any one time. Imagine <laughs> every time 
you have to go and fulfill your conjugal duties. You have a like a division two football stadium cheering you on. He's gonna have sex. And he always pulls out of his own goal. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so um so Joseph uh II, Emperor of Austria, this is like the equivalent of like, I don't know, Olaf Schultz visiting Boris Johnson. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Right. This is a proper diplomatic <laughs> visit. This is serious stuff. This is like the Queen visiting Joe Biden. <laughs> Uh, he writes back to his mother and he's been speaking to, to Louis saying, how's it going with my, his Austria, so. How's it going with my sister? Yeah. <laughs> In English. <laughs> In English, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, pretty good. It's all good. But you don't have a baby yet. Well, you know, we, we try, we keep on having sex. It's like, it's not, not happening. Maybe some fertility problems. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. It's been seven years, but who knows? Um, just talk me through talk me through a normal evening then with Marie Antoinette. Okay. Well, she's a first of all, she's in a different postcode. <laughs> so <laughs> horse and carts. <laughs> yeah. Head over to go and visit her. Hop in bed. The train enters the station. Mm -hmm. Job done. Hang on a second. Train enters the station, and then what? Well, job done. Ah. Are you sure you know what sex is? Here? I don't think he knows what's going on. You know you can't just put the hot dog in the bun. You got to wiggle it. But you got it, yeah. What? <laughs> got to wiggle. <laughs> Who are you talking about a wiggle? <laughs> yeah, not just wiggle. You got to vigorously wiggle it. I'm, I'm sorry. There's a point where this happens where he must go. Oh, that feels quite good. I need to keep going. You would think. <laughs> you would think. In seven years, he would have figured out. Huh. There's some biological clues here. He, the problem is that there is a point, though, with Louis XV, like, there, there might be bad parenting here, but there is a point where, actually, you know what, you should be able to work this out, Louis, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> no, this is on him, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so... What um, is, why did she not say anything? That thing. Why, how do neither of them know? And Marianne Antoinette, she kicks ass. She's awesome, because she's off, like, she has affairs with people, and mm. she... Um, I don't think she has affairs yet, but she does later. Uh, and she's gambling all night and she's partying and she's she's ridiculously decadent. Um, but it just never crosses their mind to vigorously wiggle. Lack <laughs> of wiggle. And it just, it takes them eight years to have a child. Do they and get it in the end? They do eventually, yeah. They, um, they have a daughter. Guess what they call the daughter? Grandma was called Mary Therese. Um, Louis. Not Louis, <laughs> funnily enough. No. We went Marie Therese, Marie Antoinette, and then back to Marie Therese. The okay. Called Marie Therese. They kept that, that. Okay. And then three years later, they have a son called Louis. Correct. <laughs> yeah, Louis Dick. Joseph. Got that one. Who uh, dies in 1789 of spinal tuberculosis, which is oh, that sounds terrible. Oh. And he's dying right at the moment when, I mean, he stitched his dad up there. Yeah. Some spinal tuberculosis because that's right when Louis needs to be concentrating on France. Because should have given him bananas. Should have done. Does that cure spinal tuberculosis? No, it doesn't. Probably not. But it would have cured him. <laughs> and then they have a second son in 1785 called... Louis? Correct. <laughs> I'm good at this. Yes. Louis Charles. So we've got Louis, sons, Louis and Louis. Louis, yeah. yeah and Does that brothers... stop happening? Is... No. No, the brothers Wait. are called Louis. And when did it start? When Louis the first... Uh, funnily enough, with someone not called Louis. <laughs> yeah, the weird called Clovis. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird when that happens. Yeah. This name's I've got. Even when you're naming yeah. your child, 
I've got the name. <laughs> I've got it. And then he says, it's Louis. It's Louis. Comes King. And then it's just Louis all the way down. The That's way one down. person's decision. But... How original of you. Yeah, I know, right? Where did you get that idea? <laughs> no, it was Clovis the first, but Clovis in Latin is Ludovicus. And oh. Ludovicus in French is Louis. And in German is Ludwig. So we've got Louis in Bavaria. For example, there's Louis. Is everyone called Louis? Are we the only people not called Louis? <laughs> Pretty right, they've had a King Louis. Although, isn't the second son of one of the royals called Louis? Like, isn't it Prince yeah. George, Princess Charlotte? Maybe. Prince Louis, but like I've just thought of a question, though. Yes. What's the unlikely king's, an unlikely king's name? Uh, there's some good, weird old king's names like Dagobert or Terence. <laughs> Ter- is there a King Terence? That sounds. Uh, I don't know if there is a King Terence. Clive. King Clive is a terrible name. King Clive the Fourth. King Keith sounds like King Kong's cousin. He's hanging off of buildings. Yeah, and but not not them. Only on the second like, floor. Yeah, the Oxo Tower. Yeah. Crap. He hasn't got a woman. He's got a Barbie doll. Yeah, exactly. Do I stop playing with toys? Let's right, go King, in. Come on, it's the bonobo. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's Louis sixteenth. It takes took him eight, eight years to learn how to have sex. Yeah, and and this is historically quite controversial because people think, did he actually have something wrong? Did he have something called phimosis, which is where you can't, your it doesn't doesn't go up. It does go up, but nothing else happens after it doesn't that. Retract. Oh, it's, so it's very painful. It's it's too tight. The opening's too tight. Oh, I you see. You can't put the jumper over the head. Oh yeah, so, so, like when you put when you just put a jumper on, you got glasses on. Exactly. And then your glasses fall off, yeah. and it gets lost, and it's yeah. a horrible experience. That's the thinking, and there was a bit of evidence for that because he did have some kind of surgery that he didn't really mention in his diaries. He just said had surgery today, but then the next day he said went hunting, and you can't really ride on a horse if you just had your ding. No, shot. maybe it was maybe it was glasses. Maybe it was glasses. <laughs> there you go. So it might have been for most. It's probably not. It's probably just a complete idiot. Yeah, just. And that's quite common in Kings. It is. It is. To that extent, though, I mean, come on. Yeah. Even an idiot can shag. There's lots of idiots around, so it must be working. It is literally the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, it's quite, yeah. It's not challenging. It's not challenging. And that's Louis XVI. That's it. I didn't know that much about Louis XVI. I just knew he was a king of France, and I'd heard of his wife. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know about the... The, them having different relationships elsewhere. Yeah, <laughs> being, yeah, they and that, that's quite common at this point in time. Like kings and queens, just they don't like each other because they don't get married out of love at all. Yeah. It's a stupid idea. Yeah, stupid. why would you do that? Yeah, of course, no, to secure the dynasty and diplomatic relations with Austria. Of course, <laughs> humans are weird. Why yeah. did we decide that? It's mental. <laughs> that's that's how people get married for the vast majority of human history. The idea of getting married for love is such a recent idea. Oh, no wonder the divorce rate is so high. <laughs> so bring back dynastic relationships. Hey. That's what I say. Haven't you recently just got married? Yeah, we secured a fantastic allegiance. Banska Vistra itself from Slovakia. Yeah, so, perfect. Yeah, should Wiltshire ever need help, we just light the beacons. Yeah. <laughs> come about 10 Slovaks. Sounds like a perfect storm. And they'll help us out. Yeah, that's the plan. Do we have an ending? Uh, Hopefully that's filled in some gaps, so to speak. (laughs) Ooh, matron. As in, in, thank you for listening if anyone did. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, Tell someone if you enjoyed it. Uh, 
when are we going to do another episode? We think every two weeks. Every so? two weeks could work, I think. Yeah, yeah, we can probably sustain that. Cool, cool. If you want to write in, then you almost certainly know us already. So send us a text. But I'm sure we'll say that if 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 we put a couple of episodes down, I'm sure we can do a social something somewhere. Yeah, that works exactly. But yeah, cool. Yeah. Thank- Thank you very much for listening and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Exactly. Yeah. Goodbye. Cue the music. Captain Knowledge. (laughs) Captain (laughs) Knowledge.